0: Hey friends, welcome to the City Hope Podcast. My name is Bobby Thompson, and I have the privilege of serving as a lead pastor. I pray that today's message would inspire you, it would encourage you, and it would also challenge you in your walk with Christ. Enjoy today's sermon. Amen. Pastor Brad said the thrill of going that, but he was scared to death. I, he was fearful of that day. No, we're uh, just highlighting all of our mission partners, and uh, HHA is a a phenomenal organization doing a lot of great things over in Haiti. You know, Haiti's a very difficult place. Uh, You know, a lot of poverty, uh, a lot of violence, a lot of just uh, darkness, and uh, that is a place where Uh, our heart is, and uh, here at the beginning of the year coming up, we're going to take a quick little trip over there to see how we can get involved, and so if that's something you're interested in, and that's why we we keep uh, highlighting these this month, is to maybe pique your interest in something, and so uh, as we do those things, if there's something you're like, man, I want to be a part of that, you know, just don't ever hesitate to let us know, because as we're building these partnerships, uh, we need more more people, more hands, more feet uh, to do that. So um, thank you for being here, as Pastor Brian said, it's Thanksgiving week, and uh, I'm I'm excited. How many of you, there's somebody in the room you're thankful for? Come on. Anybody? All right. I set that up for you pretty nicely, fellas. All right. Um, you know, it's it's food, it's friends, it's family in no particular, maybe that order. Maybe you, you might like it in that order. Uh, anybody got any crazy family? You got, you like, you got, I got some crazy family. All right. Uh, any crazy family coming to town or you're going to, like... Uh, yeah, we're, we all have that. Uh, but uh, uh, I'm excited for this week. It's, it's, it's a great week just to, to rest and, and get alone with uh, your family, with the Lord, and just thank Him for all of His blessings. So uh, this week is, is week three of our series. Next week we'll finish it out called Yes, You. And it's just all about encouraging you to believe that God can use you. No matter who you are, you know, if you have a checkered past or not, doesn't matter. God can use us. And, and you have what it takes. You have what it takes to, to be used by God. As a matter of fact, just tell somebody around you right now. You've got what it takes. Come on, tell somebody. All right, Believe that, own that. Our, our question our question isn't, uh, does God want to use me? The answer is yes. The question is, do I want to be used by him? Do I want to uh, you know, do what it takes for God to use me? And so, um, you know, the, the, the Lord's been speaking to my heart the, the last couple weeks and, uh, and I'm excited about today. We're going to jump into a, a, a guy today that I think so many of us can relate to. Even if, you know, some of you may sit here this morning and you're, you're a little timid, you're a little skeptical about, really, can God use me? What, what can I be used for? Really? How, how, how would that really work? And that's what we're going to look at today. If, if we're not totally certain how, how all that goes down. Uh, You're going to love the character today. But real quick, uh, review week one, we talked about the marks of a disciple. What does a disciple look like? Someone who is striving after Jesus, someone who is striving in the relationship with him to to be a follower. And we just highlighted these four areas. Healthy family, being one focus, pursuing Christ, and being engaged in community. Doesn't mean you're perfect. Doesn't mean you have to do all these all the time. It means I'm striving after these things. I'm, I'm working hard to have these as, you know, this is kind of my score. Card right. I want to. I want to get to this place, uh, and, and so we talked about the marks of a disciple. And then week two, last week, we talked about Jonah and the story of God asked Jonah to do something, and Jonah looked at it and he was like, "I don't know if I can do that," so he ran away. And we we just uh, were reminded that obedience obedience to God is our job. His job is the details, right? His job is figuring it all out. Our job is being obedient. So today, if you have your Bibles, go to Judges chapter number six. Judges chapter number six. You can get your phone out. Uh, I I, I want you to follow along with us today. It'll be here on the screen if you don't have anything with you. But um, today's message is really centered around a guy named Gideon. Gideon was uh, someone that I believe a lot of us can relate to. A lot of us will be like, man, that's, that's good. Um, and so as I was preparing this week, usually what I like to do is you know, pick out a story in the Bible and read you guys the whole story. We stand and we read the story together and we sit down then we kind of just highlight some of it. This week, as I was reading through this, it was, it was literally like every single verse, I was like, man, that's good. I need to talk about that. And then the next verse, man, that's good. I need to, I need to stop there. And so I'm just going to go through verse by verse here, chapter six. We're not going to cover the whole thing today, I promise. All right. But uh, I, I just think there's so much in each verse that I wanna just pause each one and, and really break it down and see how we can apply it to our lives. So everybody good with that? Everybody, everybody okay with that? All right, I promise we'll get out in time to go eat lunch, okay, um, before Thanksgiving day. But we'll, we'll have a good time today. So let's do this right now. If you just bow your heads, close your eyes, listen. All of us are, are, are different. We all have our own journey. We all have a, a, a season of life that we're in right now. But I want to ask you just right now in this moment, will you ask God just to speak to your heart? Ask God to eliminate all the distractions, all the heaviness that you may have brought into this room, the weight, the struggle, the hurt, the sin, the joy. Ask God to just to press pause on all that for just a minute and ask God for his presence in your heart and your life. No matter if this is your first time ever in this room with us or you've been here a long time, God, would you speak to us today? God, speak to our hearts, reign your presence in this place. Lord, I I thank you for the the few minutes that we have together to open your word. I, I pray you would bless the faithfulness of everyone in this room, everyone listening on a podcast, Lord, that you would just use your word to speak directly into our heart and our life and our situation. Help us, oh God, to hear from you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right. Judges chapter number six, and we'll start reading in verse number one. Now, you, you, I'm, I'm going to pause a lot, so just, just try to stay with me. The Israelites did what was evil in the sight of the Lord. Stop right there. Every one of us can relate here, all right? So we can stop pretending. We can, we can take our halo off and set it down for a second, all right? Let's get this right out in the open. We are all sinners, We all mess up. We don't have to pretend. I don't have to pretend. We're all sinners. What is one of the the biggest things that the world calls the church? The world calls Christians what? Hypocrites, right? Because, oh, you guys don't sin and you're always pointing fingers. No, we're not like that here. We're all sinners. We all mess up. Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So there's none of us in here that are perfect, so we don't have to act perfect. Right away, we can relate with the Israelites. There we go. The The Israelites did what was evil. They sinned inside of the Lord. But keep reading in verse 1. Because they sinned, so the Lord handed them over to Midian for seven years. Years, The Lord handed them over. Because of their sin, there was a consequence. We talked about this a little bit last week. Sin always has consequences. Whether I'm a teenage boy or whether I'm an adult, it doesn't matter. Sin always has consequences. I can't reap blessings if I'm sowing sin, right? I don't get good stuff happening in my life if over here in the dark when nobody knows about it, I'm planting sin. I'm planting evil. And so I'm going to ask ask you a few questions today and i believe with all of my heart you are the only one that can answer these questions not your spouse for you not me as your pastor you can answer these questions. So, the Israelites did what was evil in sight of the Lord. Because they did what was evil, the Lord handed them over to Midian for seven years. So, here's the first question I want you to think about this week. I want you to try to, to answer this question Are the struggles in my life a direct result of my sin? Are the struggles in my life a direct result of my sin? I can't answer that. Your your partner can't answer that. You have to answer that. Are the struggles in my life? We can read very clearly the Israelites did what was evil inside of the Lord. So a direct result of their evil is the Lord handed them over to the Midians for seven years. So verse 2. So he handed them over for seven years and they oppressed Israel. Because of Midian, the Israelites made hiding places for themselves in the mountains, in the caves, and the strongholds. The Israelites sinned, and now they found themselves hiding. Think about, there's, there's so many stories in the Bible that this same pattern happens, right? You can go all the way back to the, the, the very beginning, Adam and Eve, right? What did Adam and Eve do? They, they were told by God, we want you to do this, he wants you to do this. They disobeyed God, and they have sinned, and then when God showed back up, they were hiding. You can look at King Saul, you can look at David. Over and over and over, we see all these people, God calls them to something, they fall, and then they hide. The Israelites are hiding from God. They're hiding from the enemies. They find themselves in mountains, caves, and strongholds, all right? Now, let's be be real this morning, okay? I I promise you, I promise you, I promise you, I'll build you up here in just a second, but we got to go to these low places first, all right? We got to get to where God wants us to see. I promise we'll get there. Here's here's what I, I, I believe today. We're not hiding in caves and we're not hiding in mountains, but you and I, we hide behind our busyness. We hide behind our schedule. We hide behind so many things. And, and, and hear my heart today. I want to I speak to you in love, all right? So don't walk out of here mad, all right? But I think you, we, we have to understand what, what's going on here. We fill our lives up with so much stuff that we don't have time to think about who God's calling us to be. We fill our schedules up with so many different things. How how am I going to serve someone else because I've got all this on my list? And we're hiding. How can I make a difference when I'm hiding behind different things? We hide behind our work life. We hide behind our work life where I'm so busy at work, I can't serve anyone else. How can I be involved at church? How can I be involved in the community when I've got so much work to do? We hide behind our kids, Oh, our schedules are so crazy. We can't, we can't consistently go to church. We can't consistently serve anybody. Our schedules are so, I mean, our kids are so, how, how can we have any uh, uh, time around the table? We don't get home until nine o'clock every night. Everybody's tired. We don't have any time to do family devotions together. And what we're doing is we're hiding behind these things. And God's calling us to, to, to stop hiding behind these things in our life. And here's a question that I want to challenge you with today. And again, this isn't, you're never going to answer this question for Bobby. This is between you and the Lord. God, am I hiding from the person you've called me to become? God, reveal to me, show me the places in my life that I'm hiding behind. Because you've called me to be someone. You've called me to do something. God, am I hiding behind these things? Am I hiding from the person you've called me to become? The Israelites, they knew who God was. We'll we'll read here in a second. They knew what God's done in the past. He showed up and he did mighty things to their forefathers and he did mighty things, but they chose to hide. They chose oppression. They chose to live this way. So for seven years, they lived in consequences. Look at verse three. Whenever the Israelites planted crops, the Midianites, Amalekites, and the Kittimites came and attacked them. They encamped against them. They destroyed the produce of the land, even as far as Gaza. They left nothing for Israel to eat, as well as no sheep, ox, or donkey. Verse 5. For the Midianites came with their cattle and their tents like a great swarm of locusts. They and their camels were without number, and they entered the land to lay waste to it. Every time Israel tried to plant something, every time Israel tried to get things back to normal, the enemy attacked. The enemy tore it down. Israel was like, okay, we're, we did evil in the sight of the Lord. We hear we have consequences, but we're going to try to reap good things. We're going to try to sow good things. And so we're going to plant crops and we're going to do all these things, trying to get our life back to normal. And the Bible says every time they got attacked, every time they felt outnumbered, every time they got, they got their life tore back apart. And maybe that's you this morning. Maybe you're sitting in here today and you just feel like every time I, I try, I hit this struggle bus. Every time I strive to to, to do what's right, I feel outnumbered and I feel weary and I feel uh, uh, poverty stricken, the Bible says. Every time they planted, the enemy came and they destroyed and tore it down. So we see Israel's at a pretty low time. Verse six, so Israel became poverty stricken because of Midian. Maybe that's you this morning. Maybe this morning, spiritually speaking, you are poverty stricken. You're weary, you're tired, maybe your spiritual life, maybe maybe you're emotional, you're just an emotional low place. Israel was at the lowest of lows. (laughs) They were at the bottom. These were the same people that God delivered them from the hand of the Egyptians. God showed up and did amazing things in their lives. But now, years later, here they are hiding in caves, scared to death, can't do anything good. Maybe today you're at one of the lowest of lows. Well, let's look at the Israelites' response, verse 6. So Israel became poverty-stricken of Midian. And listen to this. And the Israelites cried out to the Lord. When the Israelites, verse 7, when the Israelites cried out to him because of Midian. So here we see the people of Israel now turned back to God. They're struggling, they're, 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 they're sinners, and they turned back to God. They're hiding in the caves, but now they turned back to God. This is the process I think that you and I can learn from, all right? Let's, let's really grab a hold of this process. We hear God's plan, right? This is what I know God wants for us, and this is what I know God wants for me. And I hear God's plan, but then I choose to follow my own plan, Right. I'm like, ah, I don't really know about yours. You know, that, that seems hard. That seems difficult. You know, Jonah's like, ah, I don't want to go preach to those guys. Gideon, you're going to hear it in a second. I don't, I don't know if I can go do that. And we hear God's plan, but then we choose to follow our own plan. And what does that always lead to? That always leads to us finding ourselves in a low place of misery. That always ends up in us. Man, I, I didn't want to be here. How did we get here? How did it get so bad? And then we see the, the next part of that process is we go to God and we turn our attention back to God and we say, God, I need your forgiveness. God, you got to help me out of this. I'm in this low, low place and I repent and I turn away and God says he forgives my sin. First John chapter one, verse nine. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins, to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So I go through this process. I hear from God. I decide not to do it. I find myself in a low place. I'm miserable. I can't handle it anymore. I turn back to God. He says he's going to forgive me. I repent. He says he's going to forgive me of my sins. And then look what happens. Verse 7. So the Israelites cried out to him because of the Midians. They're like, all right, we're done. We can't handle this any longer. So the Lord sent a prophet to them and he said to him, to them. This is what the Lord God of Israel says. I brought you out of Egypt and out of a place of slavery. I rescued you from the power of Egypt and from all who oppressed you. I drove them out before you and I gave you their land. Listen, he's just reminding them of his goodness. He's reminding them, don't forget all the things that I've done for you. You may be in a low place now. You may be hiding in a cave now, but you can't forget all that I've done. All the things that I've done for you, you got to remember this. And then he says in verse 10, and I I said to you, I am the Lord your God. Do not fear the gods of the Amorites whose land you live in. And then listen to this. But you did not obey me. Those last five words. He reminded them of everything that he did. He, he, Man, I've been so good to you, God's saying. And then he ends it with, but you did not obey me. I've shown you, I've done it before, but you did not. Obey me. I wonder how many of us in this room can relate to those last five words. (laughs) But you did not obey me. I remember, I think, I think I told my small group this a few weeks ago, we were, we were uh, uh, having family dinner together and, and, and we had dinner and we, Shira and I were like, oh, we need to go get something. We had something the next morning. And so we, we asked uh, uh, Sissy, our, our middle daughter, we was like, sis, uh, can, you, can you knock out these dishes? Put them in the dishwasher, you know, get, get, get dinner cleaned up. Me and mom got to run to the store. So we were gone for like an hour and we got back and there was like seven or eight dishes still. I mean, it was piled up, right? And there was like seven or eight dishes still in the sink. And I'm like, man, why didn't Sissy do the dishes? And I and I was like, hey, sis, why didn't you do the dishes? She's like, I did. And we were like, uh, but there's a Oh well, I, I just I, those those I did most of them. <laughs> I did I did them and and you know I'm I'm kind of like type A and I'm like, but you didn't obey, right? You, you didn't do the dishes. There there's still more dishes left. You didn't obey. And, and for a while, it was really hard for her. And she'd probably still tell you today, I did the dishes, right? And, and, but it's hard for her to understand. But, but wait, you, you kind of like half obeyed, right? You didn't fully obey. And, and here's, the, here's the Israelites, and they're like, and God's reminding them, here's what I did for you, and this is all the good stuff, and you got to see this. And he's like, but you didn't obey. You saw all of it, you experienced all of it, but right now, you didn't obey. I read this quote this week, the greatest test of life is our obedience to God. As followers of Christ, listen, we can view obedience as some test that God's given us, right? Okay, God wants to test me to see if I'm committed to him. But I fully believe that that God, his design is what's best for us. And so our obedience to him is really us receiving what is best for our lives. It's not some test that he wants to know. But I love that the Israelites, they finally called out to God he they called out to God and he reminded them of their former obedience he reminded them of the power of obedience now i want you to see something here all right notice what's going on the israelites are in slavery again right they're hiding they're fearful they they can't plant anything the midianites all these people of the west are just destroying everything that they have so they turn and they cry out to God and he tells them, here's what I've done for you and you didn't obey. Now, usually you and I, in our, in our thoughtfulness, right? We think, okay, well, God says, uh, this is what you did wrong. Imagine telling your kid this, you know, uh, uh, you did this and you did this and you, did, you didn't obey. And so as a parent, what would we want them to do? We would want them to be like, I'm sorry, I did wrong. I shouldn't have done that, right? That's probably in our minds, the logical next step. I, I repent I turn away and say yeah that was my bad I, I'll take some blame for that but I want you to see what happens here God sends he says a prophet and and he tells the people all the stuff that he used to do for them or all the stuff that he had done for them he says but you did not obey me and look at the very next verse in verse 11 then the angel of the Lord came so not God, God didn't God didn't give them this this what you know the way that we think it should be he gave them another angel to speak to them he gave them another angel he doesn't work the same way you and I work you and I think well this is what should happen and it should this because of this and this because of this but God's ways are so much better than our ways and I and I wonder God why didn't you do this and how come it didn't happen like this prophet Isaiah says for as heaven is higher than the earth so my ways are higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts So here's the question that I believe that only you can answer. When I don't understand, will my faith still stand? When I don't understand, will my faith still stand? Because you and I, you might be going through something right now and you don't understand it. You can't see it just like these Israelites and you're like, God, you should have done this. And it should have happened like this or or I should have done this. When I don't understand, is my faith going to suffer is my faith going to fail or will my faith stand? So verse 11, the angel of the Lord appears to Gideon. And I want you to see this. The angel of the Lord came and he sat under the oak that was Ophrah, which belonged to Joash, the Abazirah. I can't even say it. Abazirite. How do you say that? His son Gideon was threshing wheat in the wine press in order to hide it From the Midianites. Now, now understand what's going on here. Gideon, this young boy, the son of Joab, he he is threshing wheat, hiding in a wine press. Why does this young boy have to be fearful of the Midianites coming and see him? Threshing wheat. Why isn't he out doing it where everybody else does? This is usually done up on a mountaintop so the wind can help and, and all these different things, but he's hiding in fear, threshing wheat for his family so that the Midianites don't steal it. Parents, we got to understand something. The sins of the parent always have a huge effect on the children. The sins of of us as parents always are going to have consequences it's always going to have an effect because Israel the forefathers and 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 Gideon's father because of their sin their son is hiding in a wine press threshing wheat making sure he doesn't get in trouble and then look what happens in verse 12 the angel of the lord appeared to him and said the lord is with you valiant warrior Another, another, other versions of the Bible call him a mighty warrior. So, so wait a minute. This seems like a real contradiction here. How is someone who is hiding in a wine press also being called a mighty warrior? It doesn't really add up, right? It doesn't really kind of make sense. It doesn't seem like the right name for Gideon who is scared of someone catching him threshing wheat. This is not a name that Gideon's ever heard before. This is not something I would say that Gideon was like, yeah, that's right. That's who I am. When the angel told him he was the mighty warrior. We're going to learn here in a second that Gideon's tribe, his family was the weakest in all of the land. And not only was his family the weakest, he was the youngest of the weakest. So here's God telling this guy who's hiding, sending him an angel. He's hiding in a wine press and God's going, you're a mighty warrior. And I'm like, Gideon's probably sitting there going, you, you talking to me? Like, you, you, you really mean me? I'm the one who's doing Here's what I believe today. Gideon was in the wrong hands for so long that he did not believe who God said he was. See, all he had known is fear. All he had known is the consequences of sin. All he had known is hiding. And he had never been in a place where someone called him a mighty warrior. And I think today, church, that that identity is one of the biggest reasons why so many people stop growing in their walk with Christ. So many of us, well, I'm not good enough and and I don't see myself the way God sees me and, and I messed up here and I shouldn't have done that. And our identity gets so wrapped up, and we, we begin to, 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 to compare to other people, and it just destroys our joy, it destroys our courage in God, and so, so I want to just pause here for a second, and I'm not going to have a kumbaya and pat you on the back all day, but I need you to hear this. If you miss everything else, I need you to walk out of here today hearing this, because we have to know what God says about us, even when we're the one hiding in a wine press like the weakest of tribe, the youngest of the weakest And God says, mighty warrior? And I want you to leave here today knowing without a doubt what God thinks about you. I want you to know with confidence that God thinks who you are is important. So let me give you two quick things. Number one, number one, you are loved. You are loved. Paul says to the Ephesians, but God who is rich in mercy because of his great love that he had for us, made us alive with Christ, even though we were dead in trespasses, you are saved by grace. Even though we don't deserve that love, even though there's many days when we don't feel like we could even be loved, God's love for you is the reason he sent his son. Even when you were dead in sin, even, listen, 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 listen even when you're hiding in the wine press. Even when you're hiding behind your work schedule, even when you're hiding behind your kids, even when you're hiding behind your busyness, even when we were dead in sin, he loved you so much that he sent his son to sacrifice for you. You may feel rejected today. You may feel despised today. But the truth is you are dearly loved by God. I need you to bring that into your heart. I need you to understand that. We're going to see Gideon have that same battle here in a second. But number one, you need to understand your identity is that you are love. Number two, that you are his masterpiece. You are his masterpiece. Paul says to the church, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared ahead of us, prepared of time, prepared ahead of time for us to do. Church, you were created for a purpose. Every single one of us were created for a purpose. He custom made you. He designed you specifically perfect, and it's very tempting to measure ourselves against what we see in the world, right? The pictures that we see, and the other families that we see, and the houses that we see, and the boats that we see, and the cars that we see. It's very tempting to to, uh, uh, be discouraged and compare our lives, but you weren't made to be like anybody else. You were created uniquely from the same God who made the heavens, and the stars, and, and, and the waterfalls, and the mountains. The same God who made all of that said, I need one of you in this world. And I want you to be my masterpiece. You may feel defective, but God handcrafted you the exact way that you are and and, and the exact way that he wanted you to be. And that, knowing that, that confidence that that brings to your life should be the thing that pushes you through those tough times, that pushes you through those struggle times. And it took Gideon a while for him to believe what God was saying about him because he's never heard that before. No one's ever called Gideon a mighty warrior. And and I want you to understand something. Listen to this. This is huge. When I read this and and, and this came to my heart, I was like, wow, this this is so good. Notice where he was didn't determine who he was. Where he was. The angel showed up to him as he's hiding in fear so he doesn't get caught. Where he was, God still looked at him and he sent the angel in and it says, you are a mighty warrior. Whatever season of life you're in today, whatever state of life that you're in today doesn't determine who you are. He was hiding, but God said, you're a valiant warrior. Where you're at today does not determine who God wants you to be. You may not be there yet, right? You may be a work in progress. You may be a work in process. But because you're there today doesn't mean you have to always be there. And it doesn't mean you cannot become who God wants you to be. You see, it took Gideon a while. We're gonna see here in just a sec. It took Gideon a while to see what kind of instrument God was calling him to be. Here's a question that I believe that only you can answer today. Do I believe I am who God says I am? Do I really believe I am who God says I am? So Gideon, he he gets called the mighty warrior. And then Gideon in verse 13, look at verse 13. Gideon said to him, this is, he's talking back to the angel. Please, my Lord, if the Lord is with us, why has all of this happened? He couldn't see it, he couldn't understand it, and he asked that golden question that so many of us ask God. Why? Why are things going this way? Why do why do bad things happen to good people? Why am I struggling? Why, God? Why? What do you say to someone when you don't, when there's nothing to say? <laughs> I was, I was riding to a funeral with, with one of my pastors uh, uh, several years ago. It was this wise man. And, and, and he, it was a, a really tough situation. And I said, Pastor Ron, well, what do you say to these people like that just lost a loved one and, and, and they don't understand it? And he said, Bobby, there's not a lot you can say, but here's what I always come back to. And here's what I always tell people. Trust what you know. Trust what you know. And if you keep reading in in here, when when God showed up, when the prophet showed up, what did he do? He reminded Israel what he had done for them in the past. I took you out of Egypt. I got you out of slavery. I brought you into this new world. And God reminded them of what he had done. And and here in a second, Gideon, he, he said, yeah, our forefathers, they told us how good of a God you were. They told us all this. And Gideon knew how good God was but he was questioning God and his family had been suffering for seven years. We got to remember that God uses struggle to help us grow. God uses tough times to help us grow. James 1 says, consider it a great joy, brothers and sisters, whenever you experience various trials. Man, that's hard. Man, why do, I don't want to have joy when I'm struggling because you know that the testing of your faith produces endurance. And then, and then here it is, I want you to see this as we, as we wrap up our time together this morning. So Gideon questions God, God calls him mighty warrior. Gideon questions God, verse 14, then the Lord, Lord turned to him and said, listen to this, go in the strength that you have, go in the strength that you have and deliver Israel from the grasp of Midian. And I'm sure Gideon's looking up at him like, come again. <laughs> Go in, did you forget that I'm from the weakest tribe and I'm the youngest one? Go in the strength that, that I have. Like, like, how can I do that? Don't, don't you remember who I am, God? His fear was big and his faith was really small at this point. It's probably not a great recipe to be a warrior of God, right? <laughs> his strength was enough because God is the one who made up the difference. His strength to go fight and be a mighty warrior, to be a valiant warrior was enough because God was the one who made up a difference. Maybe right now in your life, your strength is lacking. Your your strength is struggling and it's been so long since you've seen the goodness of God. It's been so long since you've experienced miracles that you don't even recognize it anymore. And the truth is the strength that we have is enough When we realize who is fighting alongside of us, when we realize God is the one with us, it's only when we leave him out that we find that our strength isn't enough. So verse 15, he said to him, uh, or or excuse me, go back to verse 14. Go in the strength that you have, deliver Israel from the grass of Midian. And And then the Lord ends up, he says, I'm sending you. I'm sending you. And then verse 15, he says to him, please, Lord, how can I deliver Israel? Look, my family's the weakest in Manasseh. I'm the youngest in my father's family. I can't do it, God. You want me to do this? How can I do this? And, and maybe today that's your question. God, I can't do this. And God's looking at you just like he looked at Gideon and he's saying, yes, yes, you can. Yes, you do have what it takes. And then verse 16, this, this is where we'll end today kind of go through this back and forth. Mighty warrior, I'm not good enough. I need you to go do this, but I can't. I, uh, I, don't you remember who I am? And then finally in verse 16, God says, but I will be with you. But I will be with you. You see, Gideon, when God called him to do something, was basing his success off of his own strength. I can't do this. He was basing his success on where he was from. I'm the weakest, I'm the youngest. He was basing his success on on who he was, on who he was. And he didn't realize the kind of instrument that he could be in God's hands. And it's all about today, church, whose hands am I in? I saw this illustration done. I didn't make this up. I'm still in it, okay? But uh, Pastor Brad and I were talking about it this week, and I asked him to come up this morning. And um, you guys know, I well, for some of you have been here for a while, I aspire to be a musician. All right, I, I anybody in here like, how many of you guys can play some kind of instrument? Just be honest. You can you can play something, okay? How many of you are like, I struggle to play the radio? Like, like, like just be honest. Come on, okay? Me and Joel, Joe, we're, we're we're right there, okay. Like I can't sing, I can't play anything. Like y- y- y'all would leave, okay. So Brad, can I come I borrow that? <laughs> all right, I I I want to I want to show show everybody. Um, so I've been working, okay. You, you. What's that? A little pick. Oh, oh <laughs> all right. hold on, hold on. I've been I've been. Am I gonna break something? No. All right. <clears throat> so I've been working on. Break it, you buy it. <laughs> <I'm> just, <laughs> I've been work. I bet. Hold on. Hold on. I'm nervous. I'm ner- let me use the pick. Right, let me use the pick. Yeah. This finger. Yeah. Okay. Is that good? Yeah, that was good. Like, yeah, not, not bad, right? right? You don't have to clap. I don't need your pity. I don't need your pity. <laughs> okay, so... I'm not very good. An instrument in Bobby's hands isn't doing much, but Pastor Brad's been trained. He's been doing this a long time. Can show us what the instrument's supposed to sound like. <laughs> Give it up for Pastor Brad. I want you to see. I want you to see. It's all about whose hands you're in. The guitar and Bobby's hands don't have a lot of potential. <laughs> the guitar and Brad's, it does. Your life, Gideon's life, the battle that God's called you to, the, the, the call that he's put on your life. Depends on whose hands you're in. You're a very valuable instrument. So valuable that Jesus died for you. And we're all living instruments and we're either in the hands of God or the hands of the enemy. God assured Gideon. God empowered Gideon, God gave Gideon courage to lead. And even though Gideon was skeptical, he was skeptical of God. He was skeptical of himself and his own. God was faithful and he used Gideon to save his people because Gideon said, all right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put myself in your hands. And let me encourage you, go read the rest of Judges 6. Go read Judges chapter 7. It's phenomenal. It's phenomenal. It started with a young boy and fear, hiding. The last question I want you to ask yourself today, and I believe that only you can answer. Will I show the courage to persevere or will I cower in fear? Will I show the courage to persevere or will I cower in fear? Gideon very easily could have just turned his back and said, no, not me. I'm not good enough. I'm not strong enough. I don't have enough. I'm just gonna stay here hiding. But he trusted God. And he allowed God to give him the courage. Who's God calling you to be? I ask you just to bow your heads and close your eyes as we close our time together this morning. I pray that. The Holy Spirit is speaking to your heart. If God can use Gideon, he can use you. If God can use Bobby, he can use you. Are you hiding this morning, church? Are you hiding from who God's calling you to be? And this morning, God's calling you out of hiding and he's saying, hey, it's time. Hey, mighty warrior. Hey, valiant warrior, it's time. It's time for you to get in the battle. It's time for you to serve. It's time for you to love. It's time. Whose hands are you in this morning? Maybe you find yourself in a struggle because you've been trying to do it with your own hands. And today, God's calling you and he's saying, hey, it's time to give up. It's time to jump into my arms. It's time to jump into my hands. Stop doing it by yourself. You're only going to find struggle there. Maybe just like the Israelites, your sin has caused your struggle. And we don't like to talk about that. We don't like to think about that. But the reality is, is it happens to all of us. And we got to be humble and we got to realize, all right, this one's on me. This is my fault. And I'm turning back to the Lord. Just like the Israelites called out to God. just want to encourage you today church whatever the Lord's speaking to your heart about be courageous be courageous and watch what God does with your yes father I love you I'm so grateful that we can read stories like Gideon we can see your goodness we can see your mercy we can see your grace we can see your forgiveness And Lord, I just pray that we would apply it to our own lives and our own hearts so that we would know without any doubt that we can be used by you, that you want to use us. Lord, I pray for those in here today that need to make some decisions. They need to take some steps towards you. Pray that you give them courage and boldness to be obedient. Change our lives, change our hearts. We love you, we thank you, Jesus' name. Thanks again for tuning in with us today. We would love to connect with you, and the best way to do that is through social media or go straight to our website. God bless you, and have a wonderful day.